Welcome to the Soaring Stories podcast, biz bestie style chats for teen entrepreneurs. I'm Anna, the owner of Anna Made Design Co., a handmade greeting card shop, and the founder of Soaring Together. Here, we'll uncover the stories of young business owners and talk about all things creative writing, marketing, and design. Let's go. Welcome back to Soaring Stories. Today's guest is Lucy, and I love everything about Lucy's business. She is a copywriter, and she'll probably explain what that means, but from her copy chats on Instagram to her sophisticated yet also fun website, she talks about all things writing and how to make more money in your business through the words on your websites and emails and anything that really goes into that marketing piece of your business. So she was a speaker at Soaring Together 2022 and talked all about product description and I'm so excited to have her back today. So Lucy, would you introduce yourself to our listeners? Yeah, thank you so much. That was the best introduction ever. So I'm Lucy. I'm the copywriter behind the brand My Right Hand Woman. And I started my business fresh out of college because I really wanted to help give mostly female entrepreneurs a voice online and step into their unique brand voice so they can make more sales and show up fully as who they are and also just have fun because there's there's no space for dry copy, I think. I think it's really important that people show up fully, be too much, go for it so they can stand out online. Did you have any summer jobs or jobs before college? And what did you learn from them now looking back and having your own business? I worked fashion retail. I worked at both American Eagle and Banana Republic. I really loved it. I mean, I know people have retail horror stories, but I got to go into work every single day. I mean, I'm a train wreck at folding clothes, but I was able to sell people jeans that made them feel really confident and style people. So I I was living. Um, and those were really the only two times I worked under a corporation was when I was 16 for American Eagle. I was the baby there. And then again, when I was 18 at Banana Republic, um, got some really great suits. So um, those were my, my only two experiences. That's so funny because I tried to apply to work at American Eagle and I guess they weren't hiring because I didn't get any call back or maybe my resume wasn't what they were looking for. But that's really interesting. And I always love buying clothes from there. Well, I mean, okay, pro tip, I know this is not what the episode's about, but if you ever want to get a job at a retail store, if you come in around the holidays or Black Friday, they will take anyone who breathes. And then if they like you, they'll usually let you stay on. So do you just like walk into the store and be like, hey, are you hiring? Or what do you do there? Pretty much. Yeah. So you just walk in maybe like a month before Black Friday and say, do you need any temporary help for the holiday season? And most stores will say yes. Um, I don't know what the current job market looks like or, you know, with e-commerce and retail, I don't know what that balance looks like. But if if a store is doing well, they will be like, have an application, fill it out right here. Let's get you in for an interview. That's such a pro tip. Thank you for sharing that. (laughs) Yeah. So if you want to make more money with words or get a job at your favorite retail store, tune into this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love that. What was your first taste of entrepreneurship or the first business that you started? So the first, this all like makes sense now. The first business I started is I was a fashion stylist. I worked with professional women postpartum and I would take them to the mall and help them get an entirely new wardrobe for this new chapter of their life. And I loved it. I mean, I was meeting like moms at the mall and, you know, they were paying me in cash and I was taking them to Nordstrom and helping them find outfits that made them feel confident. And um, it was really fun. I mean, at that time I was living at home in my house 
house in Maryland. And it was just such a great way to spend the weekend. And then I did it up actually through college. Were you also working another job at that time? Or was that like your main thing? Uh, no, it was my main thing. And I was also a student. So being in college, you know, summers, I was able to kind of lay it on. But then I started, I got so excited about my styling business. I started doing really badly in my classes because I was like, oh, I just like don't want to study like random subjects anymore. I just want to help women feel confident. And that should have been my sign that like I was always meant to do my own thing. What were the steps to after that business now starting your copywriting business, My Right Hand Woman? So I think the pandemic was a big catalyst for that. Um, when the pandemic hit, like no one was really getting dressed. <laughs> so it was really hard to convince people like, oh, you know, let's, I tried to move my styling business online and send people outfits to order and then try on in their house. But it just never felt the same as actually going to the mall with someone. So I think I started enjoying it less. And I also just, you know, the clientele went down because we were all in our PJs. Um, so then I was like brainstorming well, what can I do? I mean, maybe styling's not it for me. And that's also when I decided I really wanted to travel. So those, those two things made me think, okay, let me like tap into my bank of skills. And I had been a writer writing content in college for the past, you know, five years, also including high school. I'm a big believer. in just because you're a teen and you're doing something for free, doesn't make it any less of experience than it would be if you were getting paid and you were an adult. Um, so I started utilizing that and I created a portfolio of everything I've written in a Google Doc. And then I just started scouring Facebook for those posts that's like, I need a copywriter. And I'm just like, I think I could do this. Like, let me just give it a go. Um, so I worked with my first five clients for free and they just loved what I was able to do that I was able to snowball from there. How did you figure out how you were going to write for those clients? Like you found the people was there any like writing course that you took or was that something you learned in college, how to actually do the work that they were paying you to do? Neither of the above. So I think I feel really fortunate that I've always loved writing and I've always thought I've been a good writer and I've been able to tap into like humor and writing and emotion. Um, and I think really anyone who's a good writer or enjoys writing fiction stories, or maybe you've written in college for like a college publication, you have those skills already within you. And then combining that with, I got my degree in marketing, I also knew how to sell. So I was able to kind of put these two things together to kickstart my career. And I mean, this is like kind of a hot take, but I think sometimes courses can hold people back in the beginning. In some ways, I think it's better to just jump, try it, sign some clients. I mean, it can be at a reduced rate. It can be for free. Just make sure you cap the amount of free work you're doing. I did five free clients in exchange for a testimonial. Each project took me about an hour. And then I was like, I'm done working for free. Um, and then just kind of like stumble through it a little bit, get a feel for who you are, get a feel for your voice, get a feel for who you want to be as a business owner. And then you can start to insert other people's opinions and learn and grow. Because the problem with the course is you step in and you immediately are like under this coach and this coach is telling you everything you need to do. And you don't have that space to innovate and fail and just try things differently. I bought one of those like $97 bundles that has like 30 different courses one time. And I think I made it through maybe one and it was all about Instagram, which is something I wanted to learn about. But it was the same thing you're talking about where it's like someone's giving you the exact process and then there's 30 people giving you their own process. It can be really right. <laughs> 
So true. Yeah. And then it's like so hard because you have this person's lockstep approach and I'm sure it's great and I'm sure it works for them and I'm sure it is proven, but it doesn't give you any space to be different. And that's honestly the magic in the online space now is if you can be different and stand out. Knowing what you do after three years of business, would you still go and study marketing in college and then start a copywriting business if you had to do it all over again? Definitely. I mean, I come from a family where everyone has a PhD. So me saying I was stopping at undergrad was like, everyone was like, what? But your education. And I was like, but I have a degree. You would have thought I said I was like dropping out of middle school. Um, so, you know, that that is always something that I've held really dear to my heart. I think it's important to go to college. I really enjoyed my college experience. And I feel fortunate that I'm working directly in my field and what I learned with my marketing degree. And I think it um, gave me the confidence to just start my business immediately because I was a business grad. I'm like, I kind of know how this whole business thing works. But um, with that being said, I do think education is changing and college probably isn't for everyone. So if you're someone and you're listening to this and you know maybe you just don't want to go to college, you don't want to pay the expense, you want to try things differently, Like I think there's no harm in taking a year to just try it. And if it's not working, you can always you know, defer college by a year. I'm a big believer in the nonlinear path. So I think a lot of different paths can work. But I personally think my business degree was a huge asset. Tell us about your traveling and the digital nomad life that you now live. Yeah. So, I mean, one of the benefits of being a copywriter is I can literally live anywhere. Um, So I usually, this summer I'm traveling like a crazy person. I'm doing like a week per location, but usually I travel and will live in a country for one to two months and I'll set up shop there and work from there. Um, In this past year, I've done Korea. I'm based out of Bulgaria right now. As we're talking, I went to Scotland to visit my aunt. Um, And then last year I did Turkey and Argentina and Italy. So I feel so fortunate that I'm able to just totally bounce around the world. I'm completely remote. I do work some all-nighters, especially in Asia, because I do work with US clients. But if it's something that you want, creating a job that supports your lifestyle is so easy with like the way that we have technology these days. How does it work living in all of these different places? Like where are you staying and where do you find places to eat? And how are you traveling with a group of people? So I would say like, it's really what you make of it. I really wish, I mean, I wish I had a formula for this and I could be like, this is how you travel the world and not get lonely and not get food poisoning. But it's like all of those things have happened. Um, So, you know, it's just an idea of, really figuring out like what you want. So if you're in a relationship, you can travel with your partner. Um, I have traveled with partners in the past, but I am currently single. Um, And then being single, sometimes I'll travel as a solo woman. And I think that's really empowering on its own. Or you can travel with a group of friends. Like I'm in a community called Wi-Fi Tribe. So we'll sometimes travel together. I'll sometimes stay in something called Outsites, which is co-living spaces around the world where people live together and work together. Or I'll grab a close friend who's also an entrepreneur entrepreneur and I'll say, well, let's go to this place and get an Airbnb together. I'll do that with a group of friends sometimes. Um, and then sometimes I'll travel with my family. So it really depends on the trip, but I think it's, it's whatever fills your heart. Like some people swear by traveling solo. They think it's such a great way to grow and they like their alone time. And then someone like me, I'm just like, I need a person. We're planning a trip. So it's knowing yourself and figuring that out. 
Um, and then picking your places, I would say pick your places wisely. If you're new to this whole digital nomad lifestyle, I'd highly recommend like cities where other nomads are. Lisbon is a really great one to start with because so many people speak English. There's a lot of digital nomads already there. So you'll meet a lot of expats. Um, and then finding places to eat, figuring things out. Those you can use blogs, you can find TikToks, and that's really helpful. Um, but honestly, most of the time when you start really living this lifestyle, you realize, okay, you're not on vacation, so you can't eat like you're on vacation all the time. Um, so you find your you find your rhythm, or maybe you get places with a kitchen so you can cook occasionally, or you decide to you know join some yoga studio in in Korea because you're like, okay, I need to actually move now. So it's just finding what you want and making this lifestyle what you want it to look like on like an average day and I'm sure none of the days are the same <laughs> but how long do you work what sorts of things are you doing do you have separate days with where it's only copywriting or only making content for Instagram what does that look like for you yeah. So I've tried to do the whole like batching days and it's just, it's never perfectly worked for me because I'm that person where if I have a client and she's a mom and she needs me to do a VIP day on a Saturday, cause that's the only day she doesn't have her kids. It's like, let's do a Saturday. <laughs> like, I don't care. All the days of the week are the same to me. So, you know, it's one of those things where I would love to say I have this perfect, like I take my calls on this day. I do my VIP days on these days, but it really is. Um, it's a week by week thing. And so what I'll do on a typical day is, you know, wake up. I like slow mornings. I think that's why I really enjoy living in Europe because no one really wakes up until 2 p.m. and I can just take my time into the day. And then I'll get started working. Maybe I'll create some content. I might have a VIP day. I might have some sales calls. Um, and I I usually wrap up my days a little bit later. Um, I like working nights. And then I'll take nice big breaks to go out for dinner with people. Or I'll even sometimes just take a random Wednesday off and go like explore the country that I'm in. Like I said, like no days of the week are like sacred. It's just a matter of figuring out my schedule. And then I try and do like three intense weeks and then a week off for vacation and off like taken lightly. It just means no calls, no VIP days. I'm still checking my email, still doing Instagram stuff. Um, but that has been really helpful because I think at the end of the day, we've been taught this like nine to five, but truthfully, who cares? <laughs> like as long as you're getting your work done, it really doesn't matter if you're going to work until 3 a.m. or if you're going to wake up at four and work until 11 a.m. and then have the day, like it's whatever works for you. I really like the idea of the three weeks on one week off because then you have like that sprint and then you have time to like explore the place that you are in. So that's really interesting having like a batch week instead of a batch day or batch hours or whatever the productivity thing is. For sure. Yeah. Especially because if I am like in a place that's particularly beautiful, someone like a childhood friend might want to come visit me in that place. And it's so nice to be able to be like, okay, cool. So for the first week I'm in London, I'm just going to go to the co-working space. I'm going to work really hard. The second week I might take some solo explore time, but still work. The third week I'm going to work like crazy. And then I'm going to take the fourth week off completely. So it's more of like a cyclical schedule as opposed to a nine to five. What do you think the favorite place that you've been so far is? 
Oh, this is always like the toughest question because they're all so different. I, I'm a city girl. Like, I, I don't think there's such thing as a city that's too big. So I really loved like living in Istanbul. Um, I'm trying to think other cities that I've been to recently that I just think are so cool. Um, I, I really want to work out of Copenhagen. I went to Copenhagen briefly and loved it and would love to work out of there. Um, and then Seoul was just incredible. That one really took me by surprise. When you were younger, did you have a travel bucket list of like, here's where I want to go? Or is that something that you've just developed as you travel to different countries? Yeah, it's funny you say that because I never had this like travel bug as a kid. And even to this day, I sometimes think I'm like a bad nomad because I don't go to countries and think, okay, I need to like hit this landmark, this landmark, this museum, this restaurant. I literally just like changing locations and then existing in that location. Like I'm totally fine if the biggest thing I do one day is like go out to lunch and like get a healthy lunch and like talk to a local. I love trying to like learn languages and meet people in different countries. So I've never been that person who has a checklist or a bucket list or anything like that. Um, so I think that's another really interesting thing is some people do the nomad life because they love adventure and they want to skydive in every country, which is amazing. And it will never be me. Or, you know, they want to just kind of experience new lifestyles and have novelty. So that's, I think, more the spectrum that I fall on. One of the first posts on your Instagram page way back in 2020 is about investing in yourself. So how do you decide what is the best investment at the time or what is the right investment for yourself or for your business? Oh, yeah. I'm a big believer in investing in yourself. I started investing really early, even when I was like 21 and didn't have all the money in the world. If someone paid me like $100 to write something, I'd be like, okay, well, we're going to put that into the business. So I think your business and your personality, it's it's not the same, but they're so related. So it's one of those things where you have to think like, what do I need the most right now? For me in this period of my life, the thing I definitely need is to get things off of my plate. So because of that, I'm not investing in a ton of education or consulting or anything like that. I'm investing in people who can take tasks that I'm doing and make sure I never have to look at them again. And that's just what I need in this season of my life. But there was other seasons of my life where it's like having a coach or someone to help me with my you know, executive functioning and making sure that I'm taking care of myself was like the primary. Um, there was other times in my life where it was education, where I needed to learn something. Other times when, you know, I, I hired a PR agency because I thought that's the direction I wanted to go. So I think just getting really clear on what you need is ideal before you start shelling out money to make that need better. Investing can definitely be scary. Like even the $97 bundle I mentioned, I think it was worth it because it made me actually show up on Instagram because I spent the money. But then it was also <laughs> like, oh, am I going to spend this $100 on learning how to do Instagram when I could just figure it out myself? But that's a whole other discussion. What do you think? How do you get like over the scariness of investing? Yeah, I mean, I think it's so interesting because, you know, as someone, I mean, I'm assuming a lot of our listeners are not taking venture capital money. You're, it's your own money. So it's, you know, we've been, we have so many stories around money. You know, money's supposed to be hard. Hold on to it. Don't spend it. You know, we're told these things from childhood. So especially if you're, you know, younger, you know, telling, like your parents, hey, I'm going to spend $2,000 on this business because I think it's going to work, takes so much courage. And I think that needs to be celebrated because 
not everyone gets it. People might think that you're throwing the money away. They're going to have things to say about it. They might even say like, oh, you get yourself a car with that, you know, like whatever they're going to say. But it's all about turning those blinders on and just being like, it's my money and I know what I'm doing and I'm good at what I do. And this is going to help me get to my goals much faster. I mean, you know, you have to hold the vision for yourself and realize money is just that that tool that's going to get you there. It's not emotional. It doesn't have to be a big thing. And one day, you know, you're going to be spending $9,700 on something and it's going to feel scary. And then the next time you're going to spend $97,000 on something for your company and you're going to like freak out again. So it's like the bar just keeps getting raised and you rise up with it. I think it's a little bit easier maybe when I've made the money. I'm like, okay, I've made $100 on greeting cards this month. Now I can buy these supplies or this new machine or whatever I'm going to make. But have you ever had to invest in something or decided to invest in something when you haven't made money in your business yet? So there's definitely pros and cons to doing that. I would say I have always been really wary of like going into debt to pay for a coach, for example. It's worked for some people and they're like, I went into debt and then I made $100,000 that year and it's the best decision I ever made. But only you know your financial situation. I am always so transparent that I had a family that like they would never let me starve. So like if I made a bad investment and I had to live at home for a year, fine, they would take me in. And I feel so fortunate to have that. But I also know, you know, if you're listening to this and you're like, I, I don't know if I would be okay. If I didn't have money, then I would say you're going to have to do things really leanly. You're going to have to DIY. You might have to be a little scrappier because only you know your financial situation, but there is merit to kind of jumping before you're ready. But no, I would, I would not recommend going into debt for something if it's a gamble. I really like that perspective, both on college of taking a gap year or how you love the education that you got and also with the money mindset and investing in debt and all of those things. So where do you see yourself and your business going in the next couple of years? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm a very live in the moment person. So at any time I try to like plan, I'm like, ah, I don't know. But I think the truthfully, I just want to touch more lives and especially lives of women and help them tap into their voice and tap into their messaging and really create businesses that light them up, whether that's going to be, you know, the next like billion dollar company or something that's going to get them through college. I think everything is beautiful as long as it comes from someone's heart and they want to put good into the world. So right now I'm doing that with copy as the medium, but I could easily see myself expanding into other ways of furthering that mission. Well, thank you so much. Where can we connect with you and find you on Instagram and your website? Yeah. So if you like the copywriting and the messaging side, give me a follow on Instagram at my right hand woman, right spelled like writing. My website is myrighthandwoman.com. So it's all really consistent. And if you want to get to know me as more of like a person and not a business, feel free to follow me on my personal account at lucy.bedewi. Um, that, that's where you'll see a lot of my travels and just kind of how I think as a founder. Thanks for listening to this episode of Soaring Stories. If you want to stay connected until next week, join my newsletter at the link in the show notes. And if you haven't already, write a review of the show on Apple Podcasts.